Welcome to Heart of a Shepherd, a podcast from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Wisconsin. Now, here's Trinity's Rick Adams, Angela Axtman, and Pastor Carl Leyenbauer. Welcome back, everybody. Rick Adams here, Director of Discipleship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, again with our senior pastor, Carl Leyenbauer. Hi, Rick. And Angela Axman. Hello, Rick. Wonderful to be back here with you. Welcome to another week uh, of the Heart of a Shepherd podcast. We are in First Timothy, and last week we uh, were in the in the first chapter. Today we find ourselves in chapter two, and uh, I think things are going to get a little dicey. So we're going to dig in, Pastor. You want to? We're going to look at verses one through eight today. Yeah, more more dicey probably the next podcast yeah. than this one. This one's relatively straightforward. But we're, we we started laying a foundation last week while Paul was laying a foundation that basically the importance of good doctrine, the prevalence of false teaching or getting distracted from good doctrine with with myths and, and other things that aren't true, speculation. And Genealogy. then genealogies, right? Yes, that's not not so much of a temptation for me, but <laughs> anyway, but whatever it is that would would this is Freistadt. This is Freistadt. You have to remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have the roots here to so my genealogy doesn't get me very far, but uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, but um, and then into the heart of our theology, really, the the need for grace and forgiveness and the abundance of it that we have in Christ Jesus who came to save sinners. And so that foundation laid, and now we start to get a little bit practical about living a life of faith, and in particular, living a life of faith um, in in a leadership role or a shepherding role, a role where you're impacting others. And so uh, we're going to zero in here on prayer as we read the first half of chapter 2. Paul says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given to the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle, and telling the truth I'm not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Okay, so as you had stated in your introduction, the first chapter dealt with a lot of uh, in-house type things with regard to false teachings and heresies and and how to handle all of that. This chapter seems to begin with the focus on the household of faith. You know, f- I think fighting the good fight, as Paul ended chapter one with, is is more than just dealing with false teachers and mm-hmm. uh, expelling them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's also, we need to know how to conduct ourselves as a faith community. Mm-hmm. And he, he starts out right away with prayer. Mm-hmm. That's the first, that's the first, uh, Item on the agenda, so yep. to speak. Yep, he literally says, first of all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then goes into it. Yeah, yeah, and rightly so, because if anything worth doing is going to get done, God has to do it. And so that means that our our primary role is is to pray, and then 
to allow God to use us as he chooses to get his work done. But, but it starts with prayer. That's really the first thing that we have to offer is the, and that's what faith does, right? We talked about at the end of last podcast about holding on to faith. And that means believing that God is active. So if I believe God is active, I believe he cares. I believe he has the power. I'm going to pray. In Thessalonians, he talks about praying continuously, giving thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. And here he he gives us four different words that all come under that category or umbrella of prayer. You've got requests. Uh, I think in the ESV, did you say? Supplications. Supplications. Everybody loves that word. Yeah. <laughs> so we approach God with our needs. Yes. And, um, and, then, and then there's just that generic word, prayers, which... I'm just going to insert my own emphasis there because for me, it's always um, the, recognizing the fact that you're coming into the presence of the, of the Almighty, the Omnipotent. This is not a, a minor thing. And so we always want to make sure we're in that proper posture of prayer, of understanding that uh, the Almighty, Omnipotent Lord is desiring to have communication with us. You know, intercession boldly and confidently as dear children, Luther says, as dear children ask their dear father. Um, and then Thanksgiving is kind of self-explanatory. But again, my mind went to in James when he talks about how every good and perfect gift comes from above, recognizing that and just being melted with Thanksgiving for it. Mm. So I love, I love how he introduces this chapter. Yeah. Yeah, the four different words, they highlight kind of a well-rounded prayer life. Mm-hmm. Right, that there's there's Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, I, I, I again, I don't know what emphasis to put on that word prayer either. It seems to be like the broadest word. Mm-hmm. It's not very specific. But Paul uses that word a number of times when he says, uh, "I always thank God when I remember you in my prayers." Right. So it's this sense of there's this connection with God. There's kind of an intimacy with God where the conversation flows back and forth freely. And it's like, oh, I'm so thankful for Rick. I'm so thankful for Angela. And uh, that that it seems like a very natural kind of conversational. Uh, relationship, Nat, maybe natural is not the right word, but um, one that's that's vibrant. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, when I think of prayer, I tend to not think of a ton of structure, but of like you said, the conversation, the sharing my thoughts. That and my thoughts include all these different things: the the needs, the requests, the thanksgivings. It's. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, a back and forth flow of, mm-hmm. um, of a relationship. Like as if you were, you know, sitting by the lake with your best friend, just yeah. talking about your life and sharing what's going good, sharing what you're struggling with, sharing what you need help with. And yeah. Um, and it's an, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's the, the idea of prayer. Uh, well, I think I can look at my life and I can see a number of different kind of stages of, what prayer was in my life at that time from early on when it's like just begging, you know, just asking for stuff. Uh, but, but growth through the years towards that back and forth flow that, that you're describing. And one of the key ingredients to having that kind of an intimacy, a conversational relationship with God is that you're storing God's word in your heart. Cause that's where he speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you're in the conversation and God's word starts to come back out and it's like, God is, he's, addressing you in the moment. And that's a really, uh, it's an incredible thing to have. And it's, it's reason to 
hear God's word, meditate on it, dwell on it, memorize it. Pray it back. Pray it back mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Let God's word keep driving that, uh, that conversation with him. He pivots slightly in verse three. I, you know, okay, pray. And then he says, it's good. It's good. It pleases God when you do that. And then he just kind of launches into another one of those little, I, I just want to mm-hmm. summarize everything that Jesus has done for me. <laughs> and there's, there's this exclusivity that he highlights. There's one God, one mediator. Mm-hmm. In, in Ephesians 4, you get that similar language, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of all, right? So Paul is not afraid to... He doesn't back away from the belief and the conviction that there is one God, there is one path to salvation, and that one path is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he's he's radical to say that, yeah. right? In, Especially in, Roman, in that culture, in the Roman world, yeah. speak writing to somebody who was uh, born a Gentile and surrounded by Gentiles who have a pantheon of gods. There is one God, and there is one mediator, one way to God, and one one person who uh, can reunite our relationship with God, and that's Christ Jesus. Yeah. There's well, sorry, no, just, go ahead. it just struck me that because that flows right out of. A sentence that is worth memorizing. God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so God has the desire for all to be saved. And so the, probably what triggers Paul, in Paul's mind, there's one God, one mediator, is God desires all to be saved. And there's only one way for them to be saved, and that's through Jesus. And that's and he is the truth. And so he, he sees this all kind of leaps together from we need to be praying because God God desires all to be saved and prayer is going to be part of how he can, uh, well, how he does work in the world. And so, uh, yeah. and, and what was radical for him to say 2000 years ago is radical to say today. One God, one way, one salvation. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't go over real well. No. Because people will hear that and say, think you're narrow minded. Right. You're, uh, you know, Ex- to, exclusive. You know, exclusive and they just read all the negativity into that rather than seeing the tremendous <laughs> blessing that yeah. God has broken into our world and has given us a path out. It's 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 awesome to have one savior when that one savior desires all to be saved. Yeah. Right? That's not exclusive at right, all. That's right. that's inclusive of everyone mm-hmm. except for those who are unwilling to be saved on God's terms. And then uh, that's where that rejection Yeah comes from and then in verse seven it's kind of interesting and he goes back to kind of his resume again that he hit on in the first t- two verses of chapter one for this purpose i was appointed a herald and apostle this is niv again mm-hmm. and i'm telling the truth i'm not lying it's really <laughs> emphatic kind of you gotta listen to me <laughs> not lying to you. um and a teacher of the true faith to the gentiles so he's kind of giving Timothy his, this is his calling. This is his commission. What do you think? Yeah, I, I wonder what prompts that. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if it's knowing that this letter is going to be read by others, and or does is Timothy himself, does Timothy need reassurances? I don't, uh, I don't know. May, I mean, is it is it that hard to believe? I guess it certainly could be. In, in particular, the again we talked about this a week ago, but the boundary crossing 
Jew to Gentile. Mm-hmm. And so a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth that the, that the Jewish Messiah is for the Gentiles is maybe so radical that that's a place to pause and say, hey, look, remember, I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. I really am the teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Well, and that verse, verse 7, is going to certainly come into play in the verses that follow. Mm-hmm. Because Paul needs to really double down on the foundation that what he is speaking is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that we can simply say, oh, that he was just speaking to that culture of that time, and it doesn't really speak to us today. Yeah, God's word doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we look too, too much further ahead, let's swing back to that topic of prayer and talk about why that is so important in your household, mm-hmm. that the heart of a shepherd, in this case, Paul's heart, is first of all, we're going to be a praying community, right? Your church needs to be a praying church, and you, Timothy, need to be a leader in prayer. And, and why is that so foundational? In the stories Jesus told podcast. Mm-hmm. We we really uh, taught that rejoice, repent, request model mm-hmm. as a way of making it perhaps an easy way to organize your prayers and to remember the different things that Paul is talking about here. And to answer your question about how this, why this is important within the Christian household is alluding to what you had said before about how True communication with God is a dialogue. It's not just, I'm just going to read what the Bible says, but it's speaking it back to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's how faith grows. Yeah, and prayer really, um, it, sh- it, shows, it shows God, not that he, he does need you to show him that you want him. So you want to converse with him. You want to reach out to him. You're reaching out because you recognize he can help you. You recognize his power. You recognize what he's done in the past. You recognize he's the creator of the world. And you need that in the relationship to keep everybody in their place, you know, with him as the head and and you are submitting to him. And as you as you pray, that's that's your inclusion of him in your life. And so it, you do that as as a household or as the le- as a leader of whoever you're walking with. That's showing those other people how to include God in your decisions, in your in your needs, in your joy, mm-hmm. you know, in everything. I think in some ways what you're describing is just you're saying this is what faith does, right? You believe this is true, so of course you're going to include God in your decisions. Of course you're going to ask him for what you need. Of course right. you're going to thank him, right? So it's just it's just what faith produces is is prayer. And uh, you were talking about the importance of, of um, being in the word and then the, that spurs on prayer. You know, regardless of the relationship, if it's one-sided, it's unhealthy. If you do all the listening, it's unhealthy. And if you do all the talking, it's unhealthy. So if I just study God's word, but it never produces prayer, that's that's an indication there's an issue in my faith. If I just pray, but I don't listen to God, that's an issue that's in my faith. But the two going back and forth where God's word is leading me to prayer and, and prayer keeps sending me back to, to hear his voice is an indication. I mean, that's just 
a, a good faith is going to produce that. Um, a living faith is going to produce that. I think that's what I mean by a good faith. And so uh, in, in your household, um, integrating time for prayer to happen on a daily basis is making space for your faith mm-hmm. to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk a lot about faith talk within the house. Just the language of faith mm-hmm. and prayer has to be part of that faith talk. And I was thinking about, and it reminded me in verse 3, we, or verse 2 here, we, I kind of skipped over it initially, but Paul is even saying, in a, as you're making those requests and prayers, supplications, pray for kings and all of those in authority. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's a way of also bringing current events into your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, you watch the news, you're going to be seeing the government leaders, elected officials, people we voted for, people we didn't vote for, that we have all sorts of opinions on. Mm-hmm. And here Paul is saying they need to be prayed for. And uh, so my question is, and I had this jotted down in some notes what does a prayer look like for somebody that's in an authority over you that maybe you're not liking very much <laughs> yeah i think that's i mean i think it's really important and i especially you I mean you notice how paul ties it all together pray for kings and all those who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in every way which is good pleasing to god in, in the sight of pleasing in the sight of god our savior who desires all people to be saved Paul's, because for him, it was Nero. He's telling you yeah, what to say he, right he's, he's in a context where he realizes how fragile the ability to share the gospel is. And so if we don't have kings who are honoring God, or at least you know obedient to the extent that they're maintaining some kind of level of order, the gospel can't be preached. We all have to go underground. And so it's all tied together. So it's, it, it's maybe most when the leaders are the ones that I have the hardest time appreciating mm-hmm. that I need to pray for them the most. Right. And it's not always just going to be a prayer of watch over them and protect them. Right. It's going to be convict them mm-hmm. and change them and enlighten them, turn them around, you know, it, repentance if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, you know, if, if somebody is thinking, well, I can't pray for that so-and-so because, um, you know, I don't like what he stands for. Well, that's why we need to be praying yeah. for them. And, and I mean, there are there are psalms where David... Is like, you know, when my enemy was sick, I went around in sackcloth and ashes, right? There, he was praying for him to get better. Right. And so we do have a model for, for praying, too, that those folks would be, would be healthy and whatnot. But always to the purpose of that they can do their job of maintaining justice and mm-hmm. order so that we can do our job of sharing the gospel. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I mean, if I know there are people with very strong feelings, and but you can just simply pray... B- I pray that our leaders would follow you, that they would seek you, that they would mm-hmm. recognize you. It doesn't have to be like a specific, I need them to do this, or you know, <laughs> this needs to change, or, you yeah. know, they, it, it just can be very broad, just praying, praying for their heart yeah. to want to follow the shepherd, like you would pray for anybody's I think heart to do. We have a model for this too, um, going back to Babylonian exile and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, yeah. Jeremiah's words, seek the Seek the prosperity yeah. of of the Babylonians yeah. who are pagans, right? Seek their prosperity because their prosperity is your prosperity. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there there is a model for just recognizing, look, I don't belong to this world. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna appreciate 
a lot of things about my society, but I am going to keep praying for the prosperity of this nation. That includes its leaders. And Daniel also didn't give in to his yeah. convictions. I mean, he yeah. he um, he held fast to God while at the same time going as far as he could to honor the king in mm-hmm. as much as he was able. Yeah. Without. Yeah, we we're in. A, I mean, I'm just processing this, thinking this out loud, but it is a little more difficult in some ways in our circumstances because we have influence, right? We can vote. We can influence other voters. Mm-hmm. And so so we, in a sense, are both the subjects and the king, which means you have to apply things a little bit in a more complex way. Uh, but certainly, just the let's pray that we can lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, and God do what needs to happen in and amongst our leaders for that to be the case. We're going to probably spend a little more time on the next verse, verse 8, in in the next podcast, but let's just touch upon it right now. I've got a couple questions for it, first of all. In the NIV, it says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without any anger or disputing. How does that compare with how the ESV puts it? Yeah, similar. Mm-hmm. Lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Does he begin with, I want? I desire. I desire. Yeah. Which I find fascinating mm-hmm. because you go back to what we talked about last week with Paul's authority as an apostle. Mm-hmm. So when he says, I want or I desire, is that synonymous with saying God wants, God desires? Um, it's probably pretty close. But I, 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 as you were bringing it up, it occurred to me that you don't necessarily have to hear that like, I command that in every place. It could just be, my heart longs to see men in every place, hands lifted up. Holy hands lifted up in prayer without anger or quarreling. Okay, so my second question then is, is he talking about the generic version of the word men here? In other words, mankind? Or is he speaking of the gender of man? The only reason I would bring it up is because in the very next verse, he's singling out women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's men. It's it, it, there's, a, there's a more generic word he could have used if he had meant humankind. Mm-hmm. But here he's talking to the men. Yeah, so maybe that's going to be... We can talk a little bit more about that in yeah. the next podcast. Next podcast is gonna gonna bring up some some touchy issues with our society and men and women and and uh, relating to one another and to God and to the church uh, in in ways that our society is not gonna um, swallow real easily. But um, but there's some complexity to that, and we'll we'll do our best to do justice to it. Sure. Well, I guess maybe we'll leave it there. And uh, before we sign off, sure. I just love to encourage our listeners to think about the practice of prayer in your household and and think about where space belongs. If if you're single, where is your quiet time with Jesus? Uh, the, the Psalms, if you look at Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, you get the foundation of the Psalms. There's a morning and there's an evening time. I think that's a great model for quiet time to spend some time with God beginning and end of the day. If, if you're thinking about in a marriage... When do you pray together? When could you pray together? And if you're trying to figure out how do you pray together, I think the first baby step is just, what can I pray about for you today? And then share that with each other. You'll have an incredible conversation. And then take a couple minutes and just say, God, please help Susie with X, Y, and Z. I mean, you can keep it simple, but build that time into your into your life. And for family, family devotions, we tried to model that all summer long, but getting into having some time for prayer. Uh, our family just recently 
made a shift from um, using the printed prayers that were in the book we used this summer to going back to popcorn prayers where everybody can kind of chime in again. And it's so great to hear my kids bringing up the things that are going on in their in their lives. And again, it's just it's an expression of faith. So so give yourself some time or just take some time to think about where those sacred times can live in your home. Very good. And I would say along with that, I hope that I hope that nobody's using this podcast as a substitute for reading First Timothy. <laughs> go go read it. You know, any any time you do anything like that, if you listen to a podcast or you read a devotion, you know, that references a Bible verse, go read it yourself and let God talk to you. You what you just what you just listened to was our opinion and our interpretation, but let it it's all it's for all of us. It's not just for pastors and um, leaders of the church. It's for every the Bible's for every single person. Read it and let it let him talk to you. Very good. And nothing to add after all that brilliance. So Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We will be back in a couple of more days with another podcast um, with the Heart of the Shepherd in, sec- in 1 Timothy chapter 2. See you next time. <laughs>